Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Coming at you live from DNH in beautiful South Pasadena, California. This is the Blue Heaven Podcast. You guys are now home with Jim Beam and Dodgers Nation. Please drink responsibly. What is going on, Dodgers Nation? My name is Clint. You can find me as Real FRG on Twitter and Instagram. That is Doug McCain, DMAC underscore LA on Twitter, on Instagram, and uh, on today's show. It's going to be a little, a little, uh, we're going to try to, we're, we're going to survive it. We're going to get through it. We're going to talk about it. The problem, the problem is going on. Doug, how you doing? Doing good. Yeah, tough topic today. Of course, a lot has happened over the weekend. A lot that's going to not only impact this Dodgers organization, but a lot as a whole for Julio Urias and his future in this league. So we're going to get into all that. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 a lot of implications that are coming out of here and whatever. It's obviously still an ongoing investigation, but uh, chances are at this time of the season, it might be tough to see uh, uh, the this guy back in the rotation. But yeah, we are going to talk Julio. We're going to talk about the latest um and the opportunities that are going to come for this when it comes to uh you know the baseball team plus we're going to touch a little bit on that brave series as the dodgers are you know about an hour away from playing uh, the marlins hey we learned some things uh, about this team maybe when they played the braves all that and a whole lot more on today's show got to remind you we are trying to get uh, our youtube channel up to seventy thousand subscribers and we want your help doing that because we need you to subscribe for the subscriber count to go bigger so if you're watching us and you're not subscribed Go ahead and hit it, uh, hit the bell, knock it, uh, whatever, whatever people say. And uh, we are giving away a Mookie Betts jersey when we reach 70K. So that's pretty cool. Again, bell, like, all that kind of stuff. It really helps out the channel. And uh, we will pick somebody from our uh, subscriber list to uh, send that jersey to. And it's going to be real and it's going to be beautiful. And Doug might touch it for you a little bit. I don't really know. So let's um, jump into the latest. Dave Roberts finally had an opportunity today to uh, address the the Julio situation and um, shocked was the word the operative word coming out of Dave Roberts mouth and of course he and the teams much like they said on uh, their statement over the weekend they're waiting out the process because they everybody has very little information at this moment but what are your thoughts on uh, Dave yeah I mean Dave's comments are interesting to say at least the word shocked from someone that has already had some domestic violence issues in the past I think a little tiny bit tone depth in my opinion but still I think this organization has to do what they need to do as far as really limiting their involvement in this investigation because right now it's not in the Dodgers hands at all whatsoever <clears throat> it's a legal issue it's Major League Baseball eventually will come in and place them on administrative leave they'll do an investigation and then ultimately they'll levy a punishment and they'll offer the most likely give him a suspension of some sort but yeah I think it's really heavy I mean this is serious this is very serious I mean you're talking about someone that was charged with felony corporal injury against his spouse and this took place was reported by the LA Times in an incident in the parking lot of BMO Stadium after the LAFC Miami game. Of course, a lot of celebrities in attendance. You had Kirsch, Mookie were there, lots of celebrities. And yeah, Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez, she was in the house. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, that to me is kind of the jumping off point is just the severity, how serious this is. You're talking about California Penal Code 
273.5 APC corporal injury to a spouse. And in that situation, that's when there's noticeable injury on the alleged victim, bruises or lacerations. You're talking about a possible imprisonment of four to five years. I mean, there's a lot of things that are at stake that where baseball is really the furthest thing from the conversation when it comes to Julio Urias. So, yeah, I mean, I think the first thing I kind of want to say is just the fact that, yeah, this is extremely serious. It goes beyond Major League Baseball. I think for Julio Urias, you guys know that throughout this show, my time at Dodgers Nation, I have been a big Julio Urias fan. I dubbed him the Urias. I was something that really a lot of fans, really, when you consider his history as so, as far as a Mexican star pitcher, it meant more than just any other starting pitcher to this team. He was the continuation of Fernando Valenzuela and what he built in the early 80s. There are murals around this town from what happened in 2020. Yeah. He got the final seven outs of that <laughs> World Series. But now, I mean, it's I feel... I don't want to say shocked because of his history, but I'm absolutely disgusted and horrified by what he has alleged to have done. Now, I've spoken to people, uh, some of my sources that have told me that it's not just bad, it's really bad. Some eyewitness yeah. sources, and it's, I want to get too into that, but... It, from what we're kind of, we've heard, it's it might end up turning out worse than just about anybody might have thought, which is uh, horrible to think of. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think that... I've seen people out there saying, okay, let's wait till the information and the details emerge. And absolutely, you have to yes, do yeah. that. But this isn't a situation that, from what I've heard and from what it just feels like, just from even 10,000 miles up, right? It doesn't feel like it's a situation where it's a he say, she say type of situation. There's videos that exist. There were eyewitnesses and examples of people seeing what transpired. And it does not sound good for Julio Rios. And look, here's something else you need to know is that it was highly unlikely that he was ever going to pitch for the Dodgers after this year, I would say maybe less than a 10% chance. Now there's a 0% chance when you factor in how late it is in the year, no matter what emerges from yeah. his case. Of course, he's set to on September 27th, he's going to appear in Los Angeles Municipal <clears throat> Court. So when you consider how late in the year it is, and just how this organization has handled issues like this in the past, that, yeah, there's no way he's going to pitch for this organization again. But like I said, it goes beyond just Major League Baseball. You're talking about just an unacceptable, heinous act if this allegation is true. Yeah, uh, we got some comments coming in. Uh, DJ producer yes, Noah sir. on the board today. And of course, we had to be respectful yeah, exactly. with our comments today. So, guys, please choose to be respectful in the comments. If not, we... We might end the show early. We might we might uh, kick you out of the chat because it's again you don't we don't victim blame here. Even if you don't know what's going on, you also don't know what happened. Nobody really knows what happened, but the people that were there and um, you know you you treat these things as fairly and honestly uh, with every single one of these cases. So yeah, exactly. no, what do we got? Perfectly said, Clint. Um, we got a question from Michael Carrillo, two dollars super chat. Thank you, Michael. He we said, will not be dancing. No, today. not dancing today. But he said, uh, do we lose a roster spot because of Julio? No. When, when they go on administrative leave, which should be happening uh, probably tomorrow, uh, if, if not before Thursday, of course, Julio was supposed to get take down the start uh, uh, Thursday afternoon in Miami. Um, that will just kind of be a you know a restricted list spot in so many uh, in so many words and the Dodgers will be able to replace that uh, that pitcher or that that position. Yeah, exactly. Administrative leave removes a player from a team's <clears throat> roster during an ongoing investigation into a potential violation of the sports domestic violence policy. So, yeah, they're not going to lose that. And look, they have depth that they're going to be able to fill that in with. But yeah, I think for Julio's sake and I think another topic I see out there is how the Dodgers what do they do swiftly how do they react immediately the reality is the Dodgers can't punish him this is no. on Major League Baseball this is 
bigger than what the Dodgers are able to do. So I think that's something they have to factor in as well. And no matter what charges as far as that he faces and what transpires, I mean, there's going to be consequences one way or the other. And that Major League Baseball, under their domestic violence and child abuse policy, it's not tied to the legal system. They can do whatever they want based on their private investigation. Of course, unfortunately, Dodgers fans are too well-versed in this subject because of what happened with Trevor Bauer. We know what happened in that case. But, yeah, I think when you put it all into perspective and you just think just how incredibly sad and unfortunate his rise and fall has been. I mean, you're talking about someone that the Dodgers found in 2015 when they were out to find Yasiel Puig. They signed him, and he was a phenom. He was the top prospect in baseball, the top pitching prospect. He makes his debut at the age of 19, and he was emerging as an iconic figure in this organization, someone that was, of course, going to be a part of Dodgers lore forever based Mm -hmm. on the fact that he did get those final seven outs and struck out Willie Adamas. He is the indelible image of that championship run, and now you also talk about a guy that had so much at stake entering free agency this offseason i think his floor was going to be something seven years 161 million maybe a 23 million dollar aav maybe something seven years 189 million maybe if he figured things out the few last couple weeks of the season had a solid postseason maybe 200 plus million dollars okay so this is someone that had a lot of money on the line and now his future in major league baseball is in doubt you know what they say first mistake you can learn from that. That's a lesson. The second mistake, that's a choice, right? And this isn't Major League Baseball. It isn't three strikes, you're out. No one owes him anything. And it'll be very interesting to see moving forward if he has a future in this sport. I think, Clint, what it really comes down to is does that video get released? And you saw with Ray Rice. Ray Rice, after that video was released, he never played another down in the NFL. So it's really going to come down to will teams give him an opportunity moving forward? He still is very young. He just turned 27 on August 12th. So even if he's suspended for two or three years, he theoretically could be 30 and still have something left in the tank. But yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, you feel bad for... The victim, everyone that this impacts, domestic violence victims all around, and it's just such a sad situation. Yeah. Did you have anything else right now you wanted to get through? No. I mean, the only, I mean, the big thing is just a lot of disappointment in the comment. I mean, that's yeah, just kind I, of the overall. Sentiment. I think that's the overall thread for sure. And Doug, you touched on it. You know that you said the indelible image of this was the guy that that brought uh, brought home, helped bring home the first championship in in more than three decades, and um, now that's something that's tarnished. That that view, that look, it is. 100% tarnished. Even if there are no charges filed, something happened. There probably will be charges filed. But hey, I ain't no big city lawyer, so you didn't, you didn't. Uh, don't take anything I say uh, or take it with a grain of salt. Whatever people say, however words are supposed to work. But um, yeah, it, it it just it leaves a bad taste in the mouth as a fan, and that's that's the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to this. Like you said, you know, when it comes to um, domestic violence, that ain't cool. And this has been words with Uncle Clint. <laughs> That's all I got. But yeah, the latest, I, again, the Dodgers, or he did not travel. Julio did not travel with the team. He remains active at this time. Uh, most likely will go on the administrative leave list uh, by tomorrow or, or the latest um, on, on Thursday. And that should, at that point, effectively end his season. Because when we saw what the, the Wander Franco situation is a whole lot different, but they pretty much ended his season at that point to make it easier. We saw that with, like you mentioned, the Bauer situation. That time, they were doing it every seven days, and it became a spectacle every single time they did it. So I think the Major League Baseball kind of learned from that, and they're just going to be like, look, you, there's three weeks left. The, your court date isn't until the final you know, week of the regular season. Let's just 
nip this in the bud now, you're 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 done for the season and you know, then they'll from there levy their whatever their ruling is. I mean, yeah. the investigation's gonna take yeah. some time. And I think it's important to know too, administrative leave is not a punishment. They still get paid, but mm-hmm. then after the suspension, they can retroactively do what they need to do as far as adjusting. You even get a a crew service time in those situations, yeah, and I think which is what happened with uh, Julio in 2019. Exactly, he served uh, five days of administrative leave, got the 20 game suspension, and those five days were counted as time served. They did, yeah. And I think you talk about Wander Franco's situation, and they basically agreed MLB and MLBPA to basically have the administrative leave until further notice, so you didn't have to continue to yeah. have these reports every like we were doing with Trevor Bauer felt like every couple of months they extend his well, administrative leave every seven days every for seven a little, days bit, for a little became, days and then yeah. it got longer than that but yeah I mean you talk about Julio Urias and what happened in 2019 I think kind of want to touch on that a little bit too now as far as what happened there I've heard people out there saying 2019 this and 2019 that that was a misdemeanor this is a felony okay yes. this is something where there's some serious charges potentially based on these allegations and in 2019 what happened there was Los Angeles, what happened at the Beverly Center, of course, the incident that was caught on a camera, of course, there was to an extent where people wanted to contact the authorities. And basically, the L.A. City Attorney's Office said they were not going to file charges against him as long as the Dodgers and him agreed to have him participate in a 52-week domestic counseling program and committed to no acts of violence for the next year. And he said that he had changed. He said that he had, quote, taken proactive steps to help himself grow as a person on and off the field and in my relationship. So unfortunately, he did not learn his lessons from that. And I think another thing that's important to note, too, is that whenever a punishment does ultimately get levied in, certainly that's going to be the case. There's virtually yeah. no doubt that that doesn't happen. He'll be the first person. This is unprecedented to be the yeah. second person to be suspended in any of these. So we have never seen this before. So, yeah. I mean, look at what Trevor Bauer got. He's got his reduced down to 194 games. He wasn't charged for anything, but they had their own investigation with that. It'll in be very situation, interesting. His situation, though, he did not cooperate, and he would, did not take any yeah, you know, that's culpability. Point. Yeah, he yeah, he yeah. maintained that you know he did nothing wrong. That's his right to maintain that. So MLB was like, if you're not going to say... Uh, hey, I'm sorry publicly. We're going to suspend you for two full seasons, and then it got reduced. Uh, let's say piggybacking off of what you said, Anthony Keene in the stream says, "Am I right that no one has ever had yeah, no two one. DV suspensions from MLB? He's going to be lucky to ever play again." And when it comes to, to sport and and the money making power, he's going to play again, and that's you know. See, I think I, I ta- take with that what you will. Two. Is, I mean, look at tough, you look at you know? Ozuna. You look at some guys that yeah. have had domestic violence issues in their past and they're back playing again. So I think, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked to see him play again, especially when you consider his age and teams out there might want to give him a third chance. But like I said, there's a third chance situation for Hulu Rios. First time it's a mistake. Second time it's a choice, right? So yeah, if I'm a team out there, if a video surfaces where it's as bad as people at the scene who I've talked to have described then I think that that'd be tough sledding to really want to pursue that. But I think, hey, if you look at Julio Urias and everything that really has transpired in his career and what's happened this year, it's really interesting. I was at the game Friday night. I was covering the game Friday night, and he just did not – I'm not saying they were correlated at all, but I'm just saying that he just did not look like the Julio Urias that I've seen in the last two years doing this. I mean, he didn't have that same – joy on the mound you saw him showing up the umpire you saw him looking frustrated he didn't cover home plate during one play and apparently 
Oral Hershiser pointed out, out during the broadcast, even after the game, during the post-game press conference, he's usually one of the more engaged pitchers and yeah. giving you pretty thorough answers and really like a good account of what actually happened in the game. But he was very short. He looked like he was a little standoffish. He wasn't making eye contact at all. And he just did not look like he was in a good place. And I think for Julio Urias is... This is definitely a player that everyone knows as far as what he's capable of and what he's accomplished within this organization. But it also feels like there's always been this detachment between him and the fan base. I remember asking him this year during the fan fest how important it was for him yeah. to be in Los Angeles, to be a Mexican star and how much this community has embraced him. And he said it's really meant a lot to him and how big that was, but also felt like, you know, it was chat GBT answer, right? It felt like it was kind of a stock answer from that. And that's how it always kind of feels like when it is Hulu Urias. So yeah, I think that just kind of moving forward, it's kind of looking back at his time with the Dodgers. It's going to be a big, what if, I mean, this is a guy who, could have ended his career here and gone down as maybe a top 10 or 15 all-time beloved Dodgers based on what he's accomplished. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely, again, from the fan perspective, it, it, it's it's painful to think of, but that's, in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's the least important part of it. But for us, hey, that's how we're connected to it. Noah, I know you got some stuff going on in the chat. What do you yeah, got? Yeah, uh, just a lot of questions I know we're kind of getting to, so I figured it could be a little segue of, like, what is this – rotation look like now yeah. especially come postseason people are talking about the young kids people like you know uh, uh, uh Emmett Sheen Bobby Miller Ryan Pepio and then people are like Lance Lynn so I know you're gonna get to He's that not but the young guy but well no I'm just saying also <laughs> yeah, Lance you. Lynn um, yeah. but yeah a lot of questions about like what does this mean come October now yeah, I mean, that's uh, definitely what we're going to hit next. It's like, let's uh, let's move off of this and let's try to make it about the team again. Let's bring you back into a regular, uh, regularly scheduled-ish blue heaven um, as much as we can in the situation. But yeah, there are going to be postseason uh, roster and rotation implications from this. And, you know, uh, admittedly, Leo has not looked good this year on the mound. And clearly he's had some things, some mental things going on that haven't put him in the best mindset. So... If we're looking at this from a, from a team perspective, it's like, you know, if he's not right, he shouldn't be out there. If you're not right, you know, respect your your own mental health and also at the same time, respect your team. If you're not in a, in a position to be able to compete at the highest level, you got to voice that and be like, look, I shouldn't be out here and give an opportunity to some of the guys like Nick Noah saying, you know, you got Emma you got, of course, Ryan Pepio, who clearly has some Pep and Estepio on the mound since coming back from that uh, long oblique injury. Um, and even, you know, diving deeper, you still got, you know, Gavin Stone, you still have, uh, I haven't seen him in a while now, so I forgot the name again. Like, like good old fashioned times, Michael Grove. He's gonna be back. And, and there's, and there's other guys, Ryan Yarbrough's an option, but what do you think, um, uh, uh, what, what, what happens first with the rotation for the rest of the regular season in, in your opinion? And then let's look a little bit at uh postseason. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. 
Yeah, I think one thing I find very interesting about this is that we've been having a lot of discussions about Julio Urias' role in the postseason in this rotation moving forward. And, of course, it's been well documented that he has had himself a down year. You're talking about a pitcher that a combined ERA of 257 in the last two years. He was their opening day starter. He finished third in the NL Cy Young Award voting. This year, a 4-6 ERA. The home runs were an issue. The command was an issue. The velocity was down. He was really having the worst year of his profession career and there were some thoughts of okay is he a game one or two starter I had Kershaw as my game one starter but the reason why I had Urias as my game two starter is because I know within this organization the way Dave Roberts handles things even if Bobby Miller threw 14 no hitters in a row he was probably going to still go with Julio Urias as his game one or two starter based on his track record based on what he's done in the past but Mm -hmm. now I also think too is this is a situation where the Dodgers they can objectively evaluate who's in their rotation moving forward. You don't have these ties. Clayton Kershaw, of course, my believers in Christianity. He's Goatshaw. <laughs> he's game one because he's deserved it, and he's had a great he's year the when he's been on there on the, the mound. Team. He's been the best pitcher on the team when he's on the mound. I agree. The I think, numbers tell you that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think lately Kirsch in his four starts back from the IL, 2-1-2 ERA, FIP a little high, 5-6-1, strikeout rate, 23.1. The velo's down a little bit. So, yeah, I think he's still getting back to where he was before yeah. the injury. But as far as game one, he gets the ball. There's no question about that. Game two, I think that's Bobby Miller's game now at this point, based on what we've seen. We've seen him twice handle this Braves lineup. I mean, he had retired 16 batters in a row at one point. He... Was a, he's been really dominant against his Braves team two, twice, and he's shown the ability to really handle them. And look, I think. And handle the, pressure. And handle pressure, too. And I think, like I said, Bobby Miller with postseason adrenaline, you're going to see the first 200 mile per hour fastball in big league history. But I find it very interesting the evolution of Bobby Miller. And you're seeing his averages. He averaged a little under 99 on the sinker and the four seam. When the velo is down just a tick, the command is better. He lives in the zone, he gets ahead in the count, and then he allows that change up he allows his secondary pitches to play up it's like mm-hmm. come for the velocity stay for the secondary pitches because those are his best pitches and you saw that on display we also saw the bat against Acuna Jr. challenging the second best player in the National League of the Mookie Betts okay and challenging him in the zone with a fastball yeah. that's the kind of stuff that's going to play up in the postseason so I think he solidified himself as a legitimate ace someone that is going to be undoubtedly your number two yeah. game two <laughs> starter in this in this postseason rotation. But after that, I think what this does as far as uh, the impact of Julio Arias is this completely impacts and magnifies the need for Walker Buehler. You need to get Walker Buehler back and you need him to be pitching at least four innings in a postseason game for this team to have a chance. So I think that's my game three start. I think you're going to see a, a piggyback situation with any of these guys. I mean, you can combine a Ryan Yarbrough. You can combine an Emmett Sheehan who looked really good, went four yeah. innings, gave just the home run. His stuff, I think, is going to play up in the postseason. You got the ride and run on his heater. I think it's one of the best four-seam fastballs in the game. And I also think Pepio is someone that continues to gain momentum. So I think, of course... I'm not going to I see some takes out there, Clint, saying, oh, this is some type of addition by subtraction and that this team is better off that Julio Arias. Don't kid yourself, man. That's just not the case. This is someone who has performed well in the postseason. Even in the worst case scenario, you could throw him in the bullpen, right? And see if he did in 2020. But I still think that there is enough depth here to where you can say, okay, if some of these young guys emerge hey, maybe the sky's limit, and there's kind of less pressure on this team now, too, I think. Yeah, uh, I'd say uh, Walker Bueller is the X factor in this whole thing. I think Ryan Pepio is going to get a strong look after the 10th because there's 
service time, uh, we'll say, conflicts. Uh, at he's play. got the Sunday swagger endorsements. He's fine. He's got all that. But yeah, uh, when it comes to Bobby Miller, he's definitely number two. And you know, like I always say, if you want the dub, you got to keep them off balance. There you, you go. Keep there, it has a nice balance. ring to I, it. I was waiting. You've I was, always been saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been I saying mean, that always. since you know since we saw him you in spring promised, training. I promised. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, but look, I mean, look, that's kind of the trend. I mean, look, but yeah, look, to be able to to know that you're throwing big game Bob Bobby Ice at home in game two of the postseason that, that makes me feel a little excited, to be honest. Exactly. We could see be seeing the birth of a star, the birth of the future, the future generation of Dodgers Bueller pitching. 2.0. And Bueller hopefully he doesn't give up a grand slam to Acuna like uh, well like, like saw in twenty eighteen. Yeah, 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 I mean look yeah, I mean, just say. but I look I think the thing about Bobby Miller is you can't expect him to go out there and be perfect. He's not that kind of pitcher. You're not gonna see him with elevated four seam fastballs with the perceived rise like we saw from twenty eighteen Bueller, but he's a guy that goes out there and he figures things out little by little. Yeah. You've heard people Talk about how much of a great listener he is, how much he's picked up from Lance Lynn. I think he's ready for this opportunity. I think he's built for this. I think he's got that main character energy that you hear people talk about. And I think there's no doubt about it that he's someone that like is going to... I like the main character energy, by the way. That was a good tweet from Doug. Follow at DMAC underscore. I just, I just think that he's someone that they didn't expect to look no. this good this early in his career. No. But mm-hmm. some guys, I mean, some players, it's look at the Fernando Valenzuela. Some players that are built for this... When the light turns on, when the lights turn bright, they step up. And I think he's going to elevate his game in the postseason. I think that he's yeah. ready for this opportunity. Now, another interesting conversation, too, is just the fact that, look, Clint, years past, yeah, we're not going to be seeing those rotations where you got games one, two, three, and four. They're going to have to piecemeal this together yeah. and count those Which 27 they've, outs. They've been better at uh, in the you know, postseason's past. When they have the set game plan, this person's going to start, this person's going to start, you know, they threw that in the trash in in uh 2020 and it worked it worked very well they tried to go a little more traditional 21 they fell apart 22 it felt a little more traditional and then you ran into a buzzsaw with the padres who never could reach those heights again apparently but um <laughs> that makes it it's another thing you add that to the to the uh, pile the, of, of excitement for this upcoming postseason is that it could be a little bit different and that that you know when when uh as we've said earlier this year you know dave's kind of operating like like out of his bag, I think we called it, you know, and that's a good thing. Dave is in, in my opinion, again, this is Dave Roberts' best season as a manager. He's been thrown a lot of um, curveballs, and uh, he's he's handling them with a pl- style and a plum because Dave is still always the, the happiest fella out there. Yeah. But it's going to be a good situation with with you know the Yarbrough pickup. Uh, if Lynn can get it back on track after these last, uh, you know, two crappy outings, which we we figure he should be able to, and then again, Bobby Miller is is kind of a dude. Yeah, you or you. Really quickly, I want to interrupt you this guys guy, because I want to. I asked go in the off, comments. Go off, King. Okay. Um, I asked in the comments what people's uh, uh, Dodgers postseason rotation looks think? like. What are your thoughts? Uh-huh. So we got some. Uh, Mitchell Hopkins said one Kershaw, two Lynn, three Miller. Four Bueller and Yarbrough piggyback. We got Hepatitis C later said Kirsch, Bobby, Lynn, and then a Sheehan slash Pepio piggyback with Yarbrough in there as a lefty specialist. We got D father. Yeah, what up, said, Pops? Okay. Said Bobby, Kershaw, <laughs> Lynn, Sheehan, and then he also had a Bueller and Pepio as piggyback options. I'm just going to read a few more quick ones. Zard Sire 201 said Kirsch, Miller, Lynn, Bueller, and then Pepio is in there too. Daniel Macy said Kirsch, Miller, Lynn, Pepio, and then Sheehan's the last one in there. Obviously, you only need four in the postseason. but And then Paul T said Kirsch, Lynn, Miller, Pepio, and he had some Gavin Stone in there. So kind of a lot of yeah. different um, 
A lot of different ways the Dodgers could go. Stoner, Stoner also he's he's kind of been back well on, late. yeah, uh, yeah he got good. back on track, and he I think he tossed like what seven innings after uh, after Bueller to to complete that uh, that big time OKC win. Uh, was it Saturday, Sunday, whenever it was? Um, so that's another option. You know, this is this might be a better situation than they've been than Dodgers have been in pitching wise, starting pitching wise, than they have been for the last uh, two years. Walker, let's talk more Walker because um, Bueller did throw Sunday, two perfect innings, debuted a new delivery, uh, looks a little simpler, a little cleaner, probably not going to see the same 99 out of Walker any, anymore, potentially, but that's kind of okay. But watching him get through that and then hearing you know Dave uh, talked about it today, uh, no ill effects coming out of that, and the plan is he's going to start again on Friday. Um is the Walker Bueller dream seeming more like a reality? I think it's not only it's a reality, it's absolutely essential and that this team yeah. won't come close to a World Series title if they don't get something out of him. I think that what you saw from his first rehab start was very encouraging. The first thing I was looking at was that velocity. How did it look? I mean, if you look at he averaged 94.4 miles per hour. He topped out at 96.1 miles ho -hum, per hour ho -hum. on his heater, which is, of course, not like the Walker Bueller of start. old. First start. First start. And that he's going to ramp blowing, up. He, still has, he didn't blow out his elbow, but still. Yeah, he's got three or four more opportunities to get that back up. But if you compare that 94.4 miles per hour to what we saw in 2021 and 2022, he averaged 95.2 miles per hour, 95.3. So he's not that far off. Yeah. I think people forget there was this he's era after yeah. the 2020 Walker Bueller. He's starting Bueller. to learn how to be a pitcher. Yeah, exactly. More he of a pitcher. was a thrower when he came up, and I mean, we've seen that with, with Bobby. Even Bobby Miller's starting to come down a little bit. Even if it's not 101, it's 99, it's still coming down a little bit, like you're saying, you know, commanding the ball a little bit baser, uh, better, baseball a little bit better. If you get that out of Walker Bueller as well, you plug him in, even if he's built up to, to four innings. And I, we should note, he doesn't need, even if he's not 100% ready, he doesn't need to be 100% ready for game one of the postseason. Exactly. He does not need to be ready for game one. You really only need three starters there in the NLDS. If he can just kind of dip his toes in the water at some point to really just get that yeah. little dip there, get that postseason feel going, I think it would be big. But also think, too, if you're Walker Bueller, you now are even more motivated to come back and help this team win. Walker Bueller is a team player. He's someone that's motivated to win. I think that he wants to make a last ride with Clayton Kershaw, right? And like to your point a few seconds ago, yeah, he is someone that's changed his pitching style. Early on in his career, he made no secret about it. They asked Walker Buehler, they said, hey, you like striking guys out? He's like, that's my thing. I like to punch guys out, right? But he realized that doing a little more pitch to contact, going with those secondary pitches, the way that he was throwing those cutters and sinkers and curveballs in tiers, you were already seeing the different tiers of velocity from the fastballs to the to the cutter, to the curveball. So, yeah, that's definitely something that you have to feel good about if you're Bueller now. I think the next big step is you want to see a little more swing and miss. You got one swing and miss. There were a couple of hard-hit balls in there. But, yeah, the fact that he is back and he hadn't pitched in 451 days, almost 15 months, the fact that he's that back this quickly. I mean, we're talking about a guy who got a Tommy John surgery Back in August, his second yeah. Tommy John surgery, right? And there's two pitchers, right? There's pitchers that, no, I won't do it. They had Tommy's, okay. But no, I think, look, I think we. Just do it. Just do it. You know you want to do it. Okay. Just Brad, say the type of picture. Brad Pitt, the GM of the Oakland A's. So there's two type of pitchers. One's that 
have have gone Tommy John surgery and ones that will have Tommy John yeah. surgery. And I think in this process, when you consider the fact that it's his second invasive surgery, the flexor tendon repair in his right elbow, that he understands his process better than anyone out there. And I do want to touch on that his windup though, because before he was Walker Beauty, we know him. Back in 2015, when he was at Vanderbilt, he's a big Vanderbilt guy, by the way, best uniforms in college baseball. I love those black pinstripes. Now we all know. But I would say that back then, that's what his release looked like. He didn't go with the overhead windup, yeah. but also back I remember in, when he brought in the overhead. Yeah, he brought it like, in. I mean, he wanted to be a classic pitcher. I mean, yeah. he, it was four style, but also there's some benefits to it. They say it makes you release more fluid to the plate. It kind of lines your hips, and you can get one to three miles per hour of increased velocity by going to that overhead windup. So, yeah, he has done it in the past, but at Vanderbilt, he threw between 92 and 96, and then he had that Tommy John surgery, and the reason for that is why he dropped to the Dodgers with yeah. the 24th overall pick. If he didn't have that, he would have been a top 10 pick, no question about it. So he has gone to this delivery in the past, but it makes you wonder, is he going to just be a more efficient pitcher that's more pitch to contact and find a way to get outs? Or have we seen the last of butane? Have we seen the last of guy overhead, 98, 99, pumping yeah. gas and throwing it by you? I think that's going to be the very interesting by thing. You. I think it could be an evolution where he's saying to himself, this is the best way to get back on the mound this year, and then we'll reevaluate after we get that experience again. Fine. Exactly. Perfect. Just, just just be serviceable. Get some outs, and then you can get back into to style again in uh, 2024. And I think we're in a good spot. It looks like the, the stream, we might have been losing some internet here and there. I don't know if you guys were seeing it, but it was dipping in and out. So I hope you guys can hear us okay. What you got for yeah, us, I mean, really like Walker Bueller said that if the stream hit 300 likes and he'd make a big <laughs> impact in the postseason. So Yeah, let's go. Get those likes that, up. That, so we're at 106 likes. right now. So like we're getting close to him. Uh, 400 impact. is the shoey mark for no, today. No, 300 is for Bueller to make an impact shoey. in the postseason. No so. shoey. I ban the shoey. So today. just, yeah, just as a note, you know. Uh, let's get into some of the comments here. Um, uh, Mike Saldana, who's had a few good comments in here. Appreciate you, Mike. Uh, he said he'd rather preserve Bueller for next season. I do agree with Doug. It's like, hey, at this point, it's kind of necessity season to have Walker uh, in there because I, I, I'm also a little uncomfortable if you're throwing, you know, up to you know two or three rookies out there, you know, potentially opening games. That might be uh, a little much for, for my enjoyment uh, considering – you know, Sheehan hasn't necessarily been great. Stone hasn't necessarily been great. You really only want to see Bobby in there. But um, uh, Hepatitis C later says, I never trust guys in contract years. So people in the stream were talking about Blake Snell and the idea of uh, bringing, obviously you can't get him now, but uh, that in the offseason. I'm sure you will you guys will see at least, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put a number on it right now. 24 videos in the offseason about Blake Snell from Doug McCain. At, so at sign least, up. I'll least, hit that up. At least I'll get the over on that. Yeah, I'll get, get the, the over on that. It's going to be a lot of articles, yeah. too, on DodgersNation.com. Get, get those jersey swaps dog. cooked up. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of jerseys, we're giving away a Mookie Betts jersey. So uh, you guys should be subscribing to YouTube.com slash DodgersNationTV. Once we hit 70,000 subscribers, and we are so close, you guys have been great at getting us to that number. Once we hit 70K, we are using one of those randomizers. We'll do it live right here on this show, and we will... We will pick a winner and we'll find out their size and then we'll send it to us just so Doug could wear it awkwardly and then we'll send it to you because that just sounds like more fun to me and more steps. And who doesn't love more steps before the postseason? I, I want a D-Mac Warren jersey. Let's go. I got you. Wait. How about a polo? How about a polo? Some people are talking about uh, Chunky Linsanity in, in the stream. Is he a little too overweight? for? This is, he's, this is pitching weight, you know? Just... Uh, just let it eat, as they say in the biz. <laughs> Literally. Let it, 
You said it. You being mean? <laughs> um, Osotastic says any update on Blake Trinan? Pretty much done for the year. Like he's not an option. I think he's gonna pr- probably throw once or twice. Um, you know, but he's not gonna do it for the Dodgers. You won't see him with the Dodgers. Um, he's saying, oh, and Cole Hamels and Danny Duffy, man. I mean, the yeah, it ain't yeah. happening. Yeah, they yeah, did the not go well. Why? He felt soreness. <laughs> Yeah, it's highly unlikely that he'll be back. Let's see. We have Boomer Sasson asking for a 200 like Shuey. No, we will not no, do that. No. We do not uh, do that. So um, do let's it. let's move on. Uh, I got like this one. Who said it? Uh, Joel Joel or Joel Rodriguez. Dodgers need to sign Bartolo Colon for the postseason. Let's go. But they can't because he would no longer be postseason uh, roster eligible. Um, I see another question in there. You think you know me, 26, at Daniel Hudson, question mark? Why is this update? guy threatening me? You think you know me, 26? <laughs> uh, Hudson, there's a slight amount of hope, but at this point in the season, uh, similar with, like, uh, Yancey Almonte, it's like um, both guys dealing with knee issues. They're, they haven't really gotten off a mound yet. So with it being September 5th, uh, it's it's tough to see either of those guys being being an option uh, for yeah you know, for the. I, I got a question roster. for Doug here from Fernando Martinez. What um, up? Said isn't Noah Syndergaard available? Yeah, bring him back. I mean, right? Hey, I said before the season would be a big disappointment. No, you but, said uh, he was going to be an all star. That was. Uh, <laughs> Let's just not talk about Noah Syndergaard. 12 minutes into the video on March 28th. But, uh, yeah, no, look, you I mean. know he's, like, being legit. Yeah, I know that's real. I know look, that's I mean, real. I think Hudson is still probably a long shot to return this yeah. season. But I think that. Less of a long shot than Trinan, yeah. but still a long shot. Yeah. The thing about him is you have to factor in that it's not his arm, right? I mean, he even told the L.A. Times, he was saying, this was like, felt like some cruel, sick joke. The fact that it wasn't one of his arms, it's his legs, his lower body that's keeping him off the mound. But, yeah, if he's someone that can help this team, I mean, I think that he be fine with returning you talking about walker Bueller a few minutes ago and not using him this year because they need him for next year daniel hudson he could come back and just go to the wheels fall off because this could be his last ride so yeah i wouldn't rule that out i think everyone that's in the mix except for blake trinan as far as the guys that we see on the return i mean i even heard jimmy nelson looked okay yeah he's over the weekend so kind of coming back there's a possibility with that so i think what this team's going to do like i said it's going to be a very clear evaluation and i think it's really tough to truly assess this postseason rotation i think the most difficult thing is you don't know what you don't know with these young guys we know they have the talent but are they going to be able to step up? Are they going to be able to handle the adrenaline and the pressure of pitching in a postseason environment? Because we've seen not everyone can handle that. I mean, we've seen pitchers in the past not be able to excel in these situations. So I think for the most part, yeah, it's definitely a situation where you can be optimistic because the talent is there. But for anyone to act like, okay, these guys are all going to pitch well, I think that, hey, we need to see it. It's the mystery box. we got to open that mystery box and see what's inside before we can make that determination. So, yeah. Make I, it open the box. Yeah, exactly. I mean, That's basically, so like, I mean, when you put it into perspective, you have Clayton Kershaw and a bunch of rookies and Lance Lynn. And okay. Lance Lynn, yeah. And Lance Lynn. <laughs> you, have, you have all of the world's most veterany guys you can get. It's some in a roaring stadium. Their silence is deafening. One hundred and thirty six Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Bring them home. Bring them home. Bring them home. Kids. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And thankfully, lots of talent there. And 
You got guys that were college players. They've had tons of experience. They've had experience this season. Yeah. And I think looking back now, that's definitely something that it would turn into a silver line. The fact that they did get their opportunities. No, give yeah. me some stuff. Really quickly, Roy Estrada just said update on J.D. Martinez. He's going on a rehab assignment today. He's supposed yep. to be back sometime this Planet series. Sugarland. And then we got a question. Someone must have seen the Dodgers Nation article, DodgersNation.com, that A.J. Pollock was released. Someone wants to know if there's any chance that he comes back to the Dodgers, even though the answer is no. So there's zero, and then there's less than zero, and then there's A.J. Pollock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's... You know, at some point, you know, you wonder what's going to happen with like Jake Marisnik. Is he ever going to be somebody? Yeah, he's yeah. not. I mean, a, he's like you said, he's, also, he's not a roster guy. But yeah, AJ Pollock. He his last year was. I mean, he should have retired last so year. Okay, bad. he's been so bad with the Mariners. So but shout out to the guy. Giants for giving him that opportunity to make that ten years. So now he could be in the league for ten years and accrue those. Oh, is benefits. that what it was? Is that what happened? Well, I mean, I think. I mean, probably. I don't think it was that. I don't I'm know just. Think, he... I'm just kind of spitballing about possibility of the fact that he does get to reach that. But he's not postseason eligible. But I will say, as bad as Craig Kimbrell was, he still was better than AJ Pollock. At least yeah. served some purpose. I don't so. think. I mean. You know, good careers go to die in Chicago, the White Sox. So he went there. It was all bad. And then didn't yeah. really have necessarily, I think, much of a role in Seattle. Plus, his spirit was already gone. He was traded away from a team he enjoyed, which were the Los Angeles Dodgers. And he's been $88 million in, his, in his career, so he's winning. Yeah, top but, of my head. I think. Hey, if he if he okay. just had those those fewer, we've talked about this, but fewer at bats in uh, was it uh, twenty one? Just a couple fewer. He could have elected free agency. He could have secured oh, another yeah, bag. That's true. So he really got screwed in that situation. But let's move on. Let's look back a little bit at the um, the Brave series. Dodgers lose three of four. Uh, fans were ready to be frustrated on. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. that was good. It was a good timing. You, you really wanted to push that button. I, I think I won in there. That's, that's I just got to get that in. Lose three of four. Didn't look great doing it. Of course, we're not playing at full health. Did not uh, have a full roster. Missing some key pitchers. And, of course, the aforementioned J.D. Martinez. Uh, Doug, to you, was there anything major or concerning coming out of this series? Well, I think the first thing, my first big takeaway is that lineup is ferocious. That lineup is dangerous. They hit eight home runs over the weekend. It felt like a lineup that was filled with just Pablo Sanchez's from backyard baseball, just absolutely dominant out there. And you saw the power, but on the, the reality is, though, the, the Dodgers, they could have taken three or four. I mean, they lost seven to six in the first game. If Mookie has that hit down the line in the third game go, they probably win that game. Yeah. So there was a universe where the Dodgers could have taken three out of four. They could have split Julio. He had a bad start on Friday. Lance Lynn, the Homer problems, they resurfaced against this lineup. So I think the biggest takeaway is, yeah, the Braves, they are a better team from top to bottom. I think the depth of their lineup, especially towards the seven, eight, nine hitters, and of course, Ronald Acuna Jr., I'm pretty sure that ball hasn't landed. I mean, the ball's to the halfway to the moon at this point, the hardest hit ball this season. Was, uh... So, I mean, that was tough off uh, our boy Emmett Sheehan there. But still, I think that this team, I don't think the gap is as wide no. as many of the East Coast analysts want to lead you to believe as some Dodger fans that Fully the agree, Doomsday yeah. Dodgers fans are kind of saying at this point because the reality is, look, the pitching, you didn't see Clayton Kershaw in that series. You didn't see Joe Kelly and some of their better relievers. So, one, the lineups aren't going to be the same, but I still think that, yeah, it's definitely going to be a tough task to face this lineup in the postseason. But guess what? Who was the better team in 2021? The Dodgers, Dodgers. were the better 
better team in 2021. Dodgers better. And they still the lost. So yeah. anything can happen in this series. And I think that if these two teams face off, which we need to see, I think the Dodgers, they could get the advantage in the second round. Yeah, having health, uh, you brought it up, the close games, that that gives, as you know, as a Dodger fan, that gives me enough uh, um, hope or you know, reassurance that, yeah, it's not going to be, they're not going to be any runaway, runaway games. Even the games where they were down, they came back. They put up a fight. That's what this team does. Yep. That's what this roster does. They battle, and they find a way to put runs on the board. Um, my hot take from the series, I, I think, I don't know if you want to say it, that, Mookie lost the MVP in the series or Ronald Acuna re retook the lead in the MVP race. But I think Acuna in that series with the eyes that were on it, the type of series he had, he uh, he's going to be the MVP. I mean, I think like, so that's how the voters are going to think, right? I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. It's about what have you done for me when it's time to vote? Yeah, I mean, look, I think, first of all, like I said, both those guys are picking between a, a Bailey and a Ferrari. They're both elite. They're both top of the line. They're both top shelf, top Go tier. MVP. But I still will say, Synergy. yeah, that'd be great. It's pretty much impossible to do with the voting. But yeah. I think that Acuna, he showed out, hit that home run. That went viral. How about Mookie Betts? He had two home runs in the first game, and he had three hits in the last game. Definitely was pressing there on the Saturday well, game. So I nice, thought the at-bat quality nice chasing base, base running out of the zone. Plan. Yeah, exactly. So, but at, the reality is, even after this series offensively, Mookie's still a 175 way runs created plus. So he's 75% above league average. Ronald Acuna Jr., a 167 way to runs created plus. And how about this? Mookie is kind of catching up as far as overall batting average. So, 335 for Acuna Jr. Yeah, and 316 for Mookie. It's going to be super close. The reality is Mookie had a better season. I mean, this would be an absolute travesty. I mean, I'm telling you, Mookie but is... stolen bases and 121 mile an hour exit velocity against the Dodgers. Isn't that all that matters? I mean, that's like... Okay, so basically, <laughs> we're giving him an award yeah. for accomplishing something, yeah. which, like I said, it's great. Yeah. First 60-30 guy. He'll end up being the first 70-30 guy. Mm -hmm. But the first season... When you make it easier to do that in stealing bases, pizza box bases, the engagement rules, and because he does that, no. then you give him the MVP of that award. That'd be like if you move the fences in by 30 feet and you had juice balls and you give the award to the guy who's hitting on the home runs. I mean, the reality is he took advantage of something that was put in place to increase stolen bases. So I still think that Mookie's the better player, but I do think you're right and that the narrative, which is yeah. the most important thing, and the fact that he established that narrative early on this season – that I think that does go in, it kind of tips the scales in his favor. Then also, too, kind of if you're a voter that's looking, okay, they both had great years, who had the better team? Yeah. Acuna, and then you kind of yeah, say Acuna, the Braves. Acuna's been the clubhouse leader for most of the season, best player on the best team. That's what's going to supersede Mookie having, you know, a God mode August and then two or three, like, you know, also really good months and then his bad April. Yeah, I mean, I, Mookie's in with 40 home runs, 100 plus RBIs. Yeah, I heard mm -hmm. if the stream got 300 likes, Mookie would win MVP. <laughs> so we're halfway hey, there. Hey, Mookie's going to win World Series MVP. Gonna, that's all that matters. I don't think we're going to get there. Anything, uh, anything crispy there. going on in the comments? Um, a lot of people talking about the MVP. There were some people like you thought that Acuna did win it this week, but also got Bruce Davis said, We want World Series win, not MVP garbage. Bruce, that Hell is. Yeah. The spirit. Uh, Mike Saldana said, I don't think the Dodgers showed all their cards in that series against the Braves. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, Kurt, like you said, Kershaw didn't start. Yeah. Obviously, J.D. Martinez wasn't in there. I honestly thought it was good for the Dodgers to get punched in the mouth a little bit because I think that they were kind of riding the high of August. And it was good for them to kind of get a little, a little reality come, check, come back down to earth. Snap back to reality. Say, oh, there goes yeah, Dave Robertson. Say, <laughs> there you uh, go. Yeah. 
But yeah, no. you know, know that it's uh, it's going to be uh, different in the postseason. But yeah, I, I, I thought getting that last win was the most important. Just to at least go out knowing, hey, we can beat this team, you know? Yeah. Yeah, For I sure. mean, they just got to bounce back. I think another big takeaway from this series is how important is home field advantage really? I mean, you talk about this Dodgers team that took two out of three against Atlanta back in May. They could have swept that series. The Braves take three of four from the Dodgers in L.A. When these teams are as talented as they are and it's razor thin on the margins, I don't think that home field advantage is going to play as big of a factor as some people might think. I think it'd be great to have, but guess what? Julio Urias is not on the team anymore. You don't see those home road splits. I mean, I think that home field advantage is not going to be as pivotal. I mean, I still think that the Dodgers have a puncher's chance in that series. I still think that they're a team that's going to absolutely match up well when it all matters most. And the key really is find a way to get this matchup and get to the NLCS because these two teams, they need to face each other and we need to see who truly is the best of the bunch. But I do think that home field advantage is a little bit overblown. I will say too, the number one takeaway I have from this series, and we talked about earlier, Bobby Miller. Okay. If you want the dub, you got to... You got to shove. You got to mitigate the the slug. You got to keep your opponents uh, off balance. If you want the <laughs> dub, you got to have more points than the other team. That's the case. There you go. Finish with one more that, run. So that one's for Cody Lou. Yeah, I do think that he is going to be taking a lot of confidence from this start, knowing that he was able to have that much success against this pot lineup. I mean, you're talking about, like I said, the first lineup that's going to slug 500 in a season. Seven guys that have hit 20 home runs, and to know that you can face these hitters and go 16 batters without giving up a hit retire 16 in a row take it all the way to the seventh inning matt olson he hit that home run left that change up up a little bit but for the most part i think bobby miller knows at this point that hey i'm a dude i'm a guy that it doesn't matter who you throw out there at the plate i'm going to attack them with my stuff i'm not going to be nibbling and i think bobby miller he feels like he's a guy they can trust in this series when they match up inevitably in the NLCS. So to me, I feel pretty good about this team. Also, we got to shout out to the bullpen. I mean, Shelby Miller, he looked really good in his return. He pitched well. Bruce Dar Gratterall, Evan Phillips, I still think, is one of the better relievers in the sport. And the you look at what they did on the game on Saturday after Alex Vesia came in, and he stunk up the joint a little bit, and he had some bad moments there. I mean, the bullpen, they pitched every well. But it's not like, oh, yeah, the Braves, they took three out of four, and they beat the number two out of the Dodgers. That wasn't the case, right? The Dodgers, they were in most of these games. The Friday night game was the worst of them. But for the most part, this Dodgers team matches up well. And I think that these two teams, Major League Baseball, without the Yankees, without these big markets, oh, the yeah. Yankees, without <laughs> Shohei Otani, with a lot, all these guys in there, I think baseball, they need this matchup more than ever. I think it's pretty much the best matchup in baseball at this point. I think whoever wins that matchup goes on to win the World Series. Yeah. Oh, what do you got? Well, I got a good comment here from Joe Mama. Um, oh, we got the shot, shot taker. Are we, are we doing that or? So I think I got with the The Hornitos shot there coming the day from Joe Mama said, if you want the dub, you gotta play small as well as big ball, my dudes. I mean, he gets it. This guy gets it. Doug, I love Joe Mama. Hey, it's the truth. Look, Thank I mean, our Hornitos shot taker today, guys. Drink responsibly. Drink Hornitos. It's yummy. There's a couple ways to think about it, though. I mean, yes, that is the case. But like I said, this team with the lineup they have, J.D. Martinez, Will Smith, who has started to show some signs of being like the Will Smith we've seen of old, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman. These guys are all stick, stuck to their approach. 
Jason Hayward is someone who's had a lot of success too, and he's going to be a guy that's going to go up there and try to slug as well. But the reality is when you outslug your opponent in the postseason, you win the games by an over 80% clip. Well, wait, you know what they say. Are you when you outslug your opponent. If you want the dub, you got to slug. You have to slug? Absolutely, you do. But the reality we is, though, we really need to make that a shirt already. You have, uh, who, you, who, you, who in the comments can make a shirt for us? You have a Freddie Freeman. You have a David hey, Peralta. Where's, where's my boy Cooper Neal? Uh, that guy's. Uh, you have a James Alvin who won <laughs> the Rookie of the Month for August. So you have guys that bring a more dynamic approach to the plate when you need it. And it's the truth. I mean, look, anytime you're going to be facing any of these top heavy rotations, and that is something the Braves have. You have a a Spencer Strider. You have Quadzilla. You have a Charlie Morton who's had success against this lineup. You have Max Freed who was looking fantastic out there doing his best Sandy Koufax impression yeah. against the Dodgers. When you have Dodgers. these top hand, uh, top heavy lineup, I think you really have to find a way to get base hits to try to limit those cold spells. There's no doubt about that. But I do think at the end of the day, if you look at the box scores of these postseason games, when you out-homer your opponent like the Dodgers do, for the most part, they win games. And there was a point at this season where the Dodgers, they were like 419 in games where they didn't hit a home run. So yeah. this team does we rely on the home run ball. Slug reliant. We know that. Over 50% of their runs are from home runs. The top two teams in the league they are the Dodgers and the Braves. They must really love their dubs. Hey, yeah, they love slugging. The top two teams in Major League Baseball who over 50% of their runs come via the home run ball are also the two best teams in the National League. It tells you what where this league is going. What I'm Small ball is overrated. What I'm gathering from you in this segment is that you did want to talk about the Braves and all the things that came out of that series. I mean... <laughs> I'm pretty yeah, obsessed with the Braves. Because okay? we weren't going to talk about it for a little bit, and then like literally two minutes before the show, yeah, hey, we're going to talk about the Braves, right? And that is like, all right, here's 25 minutes about the Braves. It's good stuff. Do yeah, you good did it live to the hype? Did the series live to the hype to you? It yeah. was. In a roaring stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Having a versatile, high-quality piece of clothing feels great. But having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French Terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code staple two zero. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.